Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading the premiere episode of the Funvi Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com, our new football podcast. Maddie D and I kick it off starting with a little college football and we preview the Big 12. We go through all 10 schools look at some key players and some key matchups throughout the season and finish things up with some playoff hopefuls. But as always, please go like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, Thunderblog Sports is the handle there. Let us know what you think. This is our first foray into football. Would love to get some great comments and suggestions like we do with the bullpen cart. But as always, enjoy this episode. We are live here. The Fun Beach Tailgate is on the air. Our first foray into the new 2017 college football season. I, of course, am the G-Man here for the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com. With me is the co-pilot of the Fun V Matty V. What's up, buddy? Oh my God. Football. We're just over a week away. I'm fired up. You know, there's actually a Monday night NFL game on right now. Watch. I don't want I don't care about the preseason, but it's always nice to hear the Monday night football music. And I know we're going to be discussing college tonight. But man, it gets oh, that it gets your blood going to think about it. All everything. I mean, everything that comes with football, college, pro, fantasy, uh, uh, game day. I mean, I can't wait for the first college game day. I'm fired up. I'm already oh, fired up. I'm already fired up. Game day is one of those things that you, at least for me, like in college, you know, we everybody sleep. You know, I was sleep until eleven thirty, eleven forty-five. I always made made sure to wake up at eleven thirty to see who the guest picker was. I still do this to this day, but now. I'm a little more apt to wake up, um, but see who guest picker was, see how they ranked according to the season, and then uh, see who the coach's headgear is. Always need to see the who, who the coach's headgear oh is. Oh my god! I mean, it's fantastic to watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the the pageantry too. Uh, the weird thing is, I, I feel like I can't miss college football like regular season games. More so than NFL football games. Like, I can watch Red Zone all day, but when I'm watching college football, I love watching the big matchup of the week. I love diving oh, yeah. in. Right, because there's just so much more around it. And, and you know what? I hate to say I think the fans in college football are better than the fans in the pros. Well, definitely. I mean, there's a few different factors for that. One, there's a bigger connection to it. I mean, I'm wearing, granted, it's a college basketball shirt, but I'm wearing a Lehigh shirt now. You and I both have dozens of Lehigh shirts in our arsenal. And I was thinking about this earlier. I think that might be why I've, I've always liked college football a lot. Uh, I think it's just because I've never really had a, a true horse in the race. You and I both, you more so, like Michigan. Um, but I, I've never really had the full connection. I have Robbie, my stepbrother, who played lax there. But, you know, I, I, I didn't go to a to an F, FBS school. And, it, of course, we love Lehigh, but I love looking at the FCS scores, too. I, I don't know. I mean, there's always been something about college sports that and back. No, I, yeah, I, I and I'm. I mean, I, I, just, I, I'm so fired up for this year. And I mean, we're going to talk about. I mean, tonight we're going to have a great conversation about a great conference. But there's so much intrigue this year too. And um, 
I, I just I just can't wait to see. I mean, every week we've got big matchups like early on too, which is always great to see. I hate when week one has like some crap matchup. Well, they've done a good job of making sure that like the kickoff is good and all these conferences, especially with the playoff, have made sure to like have these big name opponents, at least one on their schedule. Even if it is week one, you see them in week two or three, you know, bring these guys in and, and have these big neutral site games. And I mean, but they make sure to, to spread the wealth. I mean, it, you know, we're going to get right into it, but there's a lot of great games right off the, right off the bat. Oh, right. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's, um, and, and the, I love the playoff. I mean, we've talked a lot of it in our baseball podcasts about how the last wild card team has really changed it. I think the last, I think this playoff version has changed it as well because you're not only need to fight to be number one or two, but you got to make sure you're three or four. Yeah. And last year with, with, uh, with Penn State, Oklahoma, um, TCU, there were some teams that everyone thought might have a shot and then ended up not. And it was amazing to watch as we went down the stretch, uh, you know, how making sure you played a tough opponent and having a decent, it's almost like college basketball. I mean, I think it's, I don't think it's almost like because it's a lot different, don't get me wrong, but there's some similarities now to how you have to schedule yourself at a conference to give you those marquee games and how losses, are, what who you lose to matters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you kind of go down to like a rabbit hole of figuring out like you want to make sure that you beat a team, but you don't want to beat them so bad that you derail their season. It didn't happen with uh, with Ohio State in the way that it, that it easily could have with Oklahoma, but, you know, because they shellacked the Sooners last year. But it's that one thing where you kind of hope like, all right, come on, come on. You still got to play like you, you know, clip them in the knee, but then you kind of help them hobble across the finish line. Because you need that. You don't want to make sure your resume gets too screwed. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. But let's I, yeah, I mean, let's let's we can jump right into it and yeah. go into the Big Twelve. That's where we're gonna start for uh, a series of previews. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting year for the Big Twelve. They have a championship game again, and there are no divisions, it's still ten teams, so just straight up old school, number one versus number two, no matter where you are. I mean this is this is something I think the Big 12 needed. I mean, this is year four of the college football playoff. We've seen them now in, I believe, one uh, college football. Were they was their team in? No, from uh, from the from the Big 12 last year, right? No, they just missed out. Uh, yeah, so they missed they missed two, yeah. and having a 13th game definitely a uh, or uh, yeah, 13th game to get your 14th and potentially 15th definitely a good thing. Um, Raw though of the season, so it's kind of a a, ta- a mixed bag of uh, whether or not it'll be a good or bad thing for uh, for the Big Twelve. Right. I mean, I agree. And last year, that one true champion that was their slogan, and it ended up costing them dearly. Um, we have uh, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma, all had chances, and they all came up for different reasons. They all came up short. Um, and you know, I mean, we uh, even Oklahoma State had a pretty good year last year as well, and they lost. Remember, they lost in that. Oklahoma State lost in that fluke Hail Mary that should have been called uh, uh, off earlier. Yeah, it was off. Yeah, to Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, – I mean, that, that was the one that, that ended up, as you, you know, as you just nailed. Like, it's crazy how how many games end up being super impactful. It was a list I, like, I started putting together, um, and it's, it, you know, it kind of works like you're wearing a Penn State shirt because the – Penn. I mean, they, we'll get into it when we get to the Big Ten, but that was a game that they had against Minnesota that ended up mattering, and – you know, you can say what you want about the first month of football in college. It's a lot of, as my dad calls them, tune-up games where some of them are, 
you know, good teams, some of them are bad teams. You know, they have these big match. Some of them have these big matchups. Um, but you know, and then the NFL, you know, debatably, no less hitting is a little worse, but still can have a huge impact. And like we said before, you can see it with Oklahoma where they can still turn it around, but how how this month goes in terms of terms of play. Um, but just like with our baseball previews, we're going to go bottom up. So we'll try to keep it short. Uh, we're going to try to look at a couple players on each team to look out for. You never know who's going to end up in the NFL. And uh, a couple key games, and then we're, we're going to come back around towards the end and kind of bring everything together. So, Matt, without further ado, let's start right at the bottom. I feel like it's a consensus pick, but the Big 12. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there that um, it, it'll be the Rock Chalk Jayhawks. Kansas Jayhawks is the last in the conference. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty easy pick to do. Uh, the the Jayhawks, you know, they had that one good season and that chaotic year where I think LSU won, lost three games and not really a, a, a ton since then. They haven't been into a bowl game since 2008. The Insight Bowl, uh, I believe that was the year after the, the wacky year when they went to the Orange Bowl. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – do you think anybody on this team is is pro talent? Do you think there's a chance they could be an upset team? Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, Kansas might might, and this is going to shock you, might okay. have the best defense in the conference. Now, okay, yep. Now, once again, we're thinking of the Big Twelve. When you think of the Big Twelve, you think of spread offenses, you think of excellent quarterbacks, um, but they they do have. They do have a couple guys. I think the one guy that stands out is uh, it's Dorrance Armstrong Jr. He's a defensive end for them. I like him a lot, and he's definitely okay. pro talent. I, I think if he has a great year, we're talking late first in next year's draft. Um, but they might have the best defense. The problem is they have no offense, and this is this is a no. league we've seen of no. spread offense fire up i mean every team in this league including some of the teams that have traditionally been known for defense has been offense um so i think you're going to be a little surprised by how they do on defense they were middle of the road last year defensively um but they've got nothing nothing going on at at um and and i'll tell you they've got really poor defensive backs i'd love to know why especially when we talk about teams like tcu uh oklahoma even and in texas but they've struggled. This this conference has struggled with great defensive backs. I mean, I guess the last one I can think of that has been really good was Justin Gilbert at Oklahoma State, who has been a bust for the Browns, and currently I think he was just cut by the Steelers. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, quick stat by Armstrong: he is the uh, he is not the the reigning sack champion, but he's of returning players the the top sack you know defensive sacks leader at ten. He was a uh, one back of Jordan Willis of Kansas State. Um, I think you know they, their quarterback is going to hold them back. They have some good receivers that I don't know necessarily are pro talent, but at least are quick enough. The thing is, is pulls to oranges at least at, at the very least. Um, a couple of guys I'd look out for turning the top of their of their receiving core, both Steven Sims and. Uh, I'm going to screw his name up. La Quixote Gonzalez. Uh, I messed up his last name or his first name. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting season. I think it's, it's a tough run. They did win one game last season in, in conference play um, over under there. I mean, do you think 
they can improve upon that? Do you think it's the same? Where, where, where are you thinking for we're talking their overall record once we ended up? In conference, right? Yeah, they were two and ten overall and, and one and eight in conference. Right. I mean, I guess you gotta look at who they could possibly beat. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Their home conference games, those are usually the best shot at it. West Virginia is where they kick it off the end of September or September twenty third. Texas Tech is their homecoming game. I feel like that might be their best chance. I think so too. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Texas Tech soon, but yeah, I think that's. Yeah. Be, I think that's definitely going to be something that they need to be looking at on their schedule as a potential victory there. Actually, I think Baylor, November fourth, home against Baylor. I'm not too. We'll get to Baylor. I'm not too high on them. Yeah. Um, I throw those out as the top two opportunities. The rest, they're playing top tier talent at home, and then still a tough road schedule ahead of them um, in the rest of the conference. They also, I mean, they could be, they could have a three and nine year. They're hosting Southeastern Missouri. That's a win. Central Michigan's a toss up. Ohio's a toss up. That's an away game, though. Um, who knows? I mean, the home, the homes, home games, you know, there is the home field advantage, much more so in college football. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. No, I agree. I mean, I, I'm, I'm one game. I, I think Texas Tech is their shot. Yeah. Um, if they're not challenging Texas Tech, maybe, maybe there's somebody else, but I, I think there's enough talent in this. In this, they, They've got a lot of work to do. But you know what? If someone gets hot, a wide receiver or something like that, maybe, maybe they maybe they blow up one game and, and, and they make they sneak the two, but I'm picking one. Yeah, I, I, I can certainly see that. I think one is the magic number there. But let's move up to number nine. So, Iowa State so I think here. I'm going to say Iowa State. I'm actually yep. going to say Texas Tech. Now, okay. We'll okay. Talk about Iowa State first. So let's we can dive in there and just kind of yeah. uh, and kind of walk through what we think is going on with this Iowa State. Um, so go ahead. Give me give me your lowdown on um, you know Iowa State. My big thing with Iowa State, they're not really returning a lot of starters. That's one thing we didn't really cover with Kansas. They're returning eight offensive players, which yeah. could be a big thing. Iowa State's only returning five and, and six on the defensive side of the ball. That's something that's not really – it's talked about a little bit, um, but it's not necessarily the best thing that's talked about, especially with recruiting classes and on the upper end of the echelon of of college football premium talent. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, I mean, they got some guys who could be good. You know, the, the difficult thing for me is – like Kansas, the quarterback play is not that great. They had both Jacob Park and Joel uh, Joel Lanning split time last year. Um, they have Jacob Park as a as the potential starter. Uh, he came from Georgia, so you know, there's some talent there. Um, I think their defense is not so great either. They have a few few returners in the backfield for them, but I think it's going to be it's going to be a rough road for them. And, I mean, it, it kind of depends. If they can pull off a few wins early on, they play Iowa at home. They're big opponents, including an FCS school. So they'll get a few wins under their belt. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. They're second opponents, Iowa. But, you know, we'll, we'll see where they, where they go there. But the road or their Big 12 schedule, at least looking at it, isn't too pretty. They have to – the only real, real home game – that's a surefire win, I think, is Kansas. Texas is a toss-up, uh, but we'll get to Texas. 
Uh, what's your lowdown on them? Why, why, why do you have them higher? So I'll tell you, last year they lost four of their games by seven or fewer points. Yep. I like Matt Campbell. He spent a lot of time at Toledo as a head coach, got them number 20 in the AP poll. We're not talking about a superstar program there. We're really in – we're really in year two of him, of, 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 of Coach Campbell, which means you're starting to get a little bit of his recruits, and I understand that. But mm-hmm. um, I, 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 first of all, I always think Iowa State, the Cyclones are always that team that surprises you on Thursday night. So I'm saying week five they beat Texas. And we'll talk about Texas as well, I think, coming up here. I think they're going to make a bowl game this year, and I think it's going to happen late in the season. They play um, – I, I was. I think they play um, Kansas State last week of the season. Now we'll see where Kansas State is because I have some comments about them. But if they can at beat Kansas State yeah. week thirteen, I know it's at Kansas State. But if they yep. can beat them week thirteen, I think they become bowl eligible, which is big for us. Um, I love that you brought up their close games because last year they were seven and five against the spread. This is a team. If they're ever a home dog, take the home dog. Right. Absolutely. I um, I just think somehow they they just always seem to just seem to beat somebody they shouldn't almost every year. I mean, we've seen it before, and always a Thursday night game, and that's why I'm picking that that Texas game. But um, <clears throat> I think they sneak into a bowl game, and I think yeah. they're better than better than second to last this year. Yeah, so I mean that that's interesting though. So running through their schedule, Northern Iowa win, Iowa toss up. It's at home. Akron win, you're giving them the win at Texas. That's three, maybe four. At Oklahoma, no. Kansas, yes. Texas Tech, you're saying yes. I'm thinking yes. Um, I'm debatable. Um, let's say yes. TCU, no. West Virginia at West Virginia, no. Can yeah, I mean you're you might be spot on six and six if they do pull off the the road upset. Right, and I just like them. Like I said, I. I, if they can be a four-quarter team instead of a three-quarter team after you look at last season, I think they're going to sneak at, sneak in there. Um, Michael, Michael Lombardi, they're a 45-minute team. They need to be a 60-minute team. They're darn right. And I think this is a team on the rise in the conference. So very excited to see that. Well, it's interesting. You, you bring up Matt Campbell's second year, and that's sort of the, the interesting thing about college coaches is we've seen some guys like Tom Herman – who immediately explode to success and you know parlay that into new jobs and Matt Campbell could be could be like that he could be a lifer like a couple coaches in this conference are really just one at this point yeah. um, a few um, but yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes um, he's really starting to get his guys in that's something that you'll hear about a lot year two he starts getting it in. Um, year three is really when you start seeing his guys as the core. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, it'll be be an interesting season for the Cyclones. Yeah. Well, let's let's move up. I have I have Texas Tech eight, and it sounds like you had them nine. So we I flip do. flop there. Okay, give me your lowdown on them. So I I mean, first of all, I think they're they're losing pack. Patrick Mahomes, which it's weird. He's a first round pick in the NFL draft this year. It goes to the Chiefs. First round, my right? Yeah, it goes to the Chiefs first, first, yeah. First round pick to the Chiefs this year. I watched him last year. I thought I was very high on him. I think he's a great quarterback. He's already at number two on the depth chart over there. I think the drop off between him and the in, in, incoming starter, uh, Nick Shimonek. 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 I'm concerned. Um, now I know Cliff Cl- Cl- uh, Kingsbury 
He's a hip guy. I've always liked him. But Texas Tech, Yoked. other than Michael Crabtree's time there, I they've struggled a lot at Texas Tech playing defense. I don't think the offense is going to do enough. And they're playing Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia early. They could enter the month of November at 5-3 and three easily. And they basically have to beat Baylor and TCU in, in back-to-back weeks to, to avoid going – to avoid not be to avoid not being bowl eligible, uh, if if you're uh, Kingsbury, I, I think you've got to go eight and five. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I could, I don't necessarily see that happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I think their offense is going to be fine. I think Shimanek is at least he did well in his his one go at it last year. Uh, he has a six yeah. to one touchdown to interception, literally six thrown one pick. Um, but I think their defense is is god awful, which is why a couple of the teams that we'll get to at seven and six, I think could potentially flip flop with them if their defense proves to be better than it is. But on paper, they're only returning six starters. It wasn't a great defense last year to begin with, so we'll we'll see how they go. I I think that's really their big anchor that pulls them down. Right. I mean, I think the shame of it is if you can if you combined um, Texas Tech and Kansas. You'd have a superstar yeah. team. I mean, you'd have the oh, – You could. Right. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing. And I, Texas Tech has never been prominently good on defense. So, that always hurts him. And Kansas never seems to have an offense or anything. But, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I mean, we can flip-flop those two, uh, Texas Tech and Iowa State. Uh, who would yeah. you drive in at seven then? So, my seven might shock you. Mine's going to be Baylor. I'm not overly shocked. Okay. Yeah. My six might shock you then, but um, yeah, some people have West Virginia. I go out. I really, I'm a big fan of the Phil Steele book. If anybody's viewing, you can see that I'm holding up the 2017 edition of the Phil Steele book, the book, the experts can't go without. Um, But it's, it's a big preview book. Uh, He has West Virginia at seven. I have Baylor there. I think West Virginia is going to be better than they, than they could be this year. Baylor, though, first year with Matt Rule. He just left Temple. Um, so who – I mean, who knows what he really brings in to, uh, you know, to the system. Um, it's just – I think the ripple effect of everything that's happened with their program I think still affects them. You saw them have some good wins last year. They went 7-6. and six. They won their bowl game against Boise State. So interesting to see how they go, but I think it's – they're going to have a little bit of a hangover from everything. I, I mean, I definitely agree. They lost a lot of talent last year. KD Cannon, a bunch of quarterbacks. Um, so, I, yeah, I would definitely would agree there. I, and I'm with you. The weird part is I think under Matt Rule, they'll end up being a better defense. I think their defense is going to be might be the best in the conference, but I think they're going to have a great defensive team. Can, can a Matt Rule coach team, who I loved him at Temple, can they do what they should be doing at Baylor? Uh, um, you know, can they play great defense in the Big 12 and survive? So it's interesting that you asked that. They return three of their top five tacklers. Uh, their their top one out. Their number three out. Um, their secondary. They return two of the four. Yeah, two of the four. Um, or actually, no. F- I guess four of the five because they play a nickel. Um, or three of the five. Excuse me. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. I mean, really. You have to see how everything goes. I mean, they 
play a pretty easy start to their to their schedule. They play Liberty FCS school. Um, actually, usually high powered offense. So that not actually that good, and the, the defense under rule hasn't been installed yet. That could be a a really nice indicator of how big of a shootout the Big Twelve could be this year. Uh, Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners. Uh, which if you've never seen their logo, go look it up. It's pretty cool. Uh, that's a home game, probably a win. They go to Duke, which that's uh, a toss-up. I mean, Duke. Yeah. Cliff's been been good, and, and we can see how that goes. But then they run right into the gauntlet. They're going to face Oklahoma at home. Could be a bloodbath pretty quickly. They lost 45-24 at Oklahoma last year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but I think, yeah, they'll, it'll be an interesting season under them. I think it takes a year for Matt rule system to really install and they, they finish at the most seventh. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I will say I like their running back. Terrence Williams got great explosiveness. If he, if he can have some success this year and kind of do that, uh, Matt rule, Ball possession, temple, temple football. He might be an option. He's, I think he's consistent, but he's also highly explosive, and I think that is that is critical for them. They're going to need to run the ball, which is kind of strange there. So we'll see what happens. Um, and so I, I, I'm excited for a lot of reasons for Matt Rule. I really want him to do well, uh, and it's it, it's a shame because of this scandal that we might see a step back from Baylor football only because they'd been a laughing stock. <laughs> really until Robert Griffin III was there. So it'll be nice to see if they can sustain some success. Um, sustain some success. I'm right to say that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. They haven't missed a bowl game, I think, since 2010. I'm trying to think yeah. what the first big year of RG3 was. I think it was 2011. So, yeah, I mean, they haven't, they haven't missed a bowl game in, a, in seven years. So it'll be interesting to see how it is. I think they're, they're, that streak runs out, though. Um, Couple of big games for them. I think the Texas game will be pretty mm. vital. I think they win that. That's a home game for them. Right after hosting West Virginia, which that could be a win. Um, I'm a little more optimistic on West Virginia, so I, I don't think it is. Um, but yeah, I think that Texas game may, might be their big one. They also play Texas Tech in Arlington, which is basically Big Twelve Central this year. Um, that that'll be one to watch as well, uh, especially with you know what we were talking about with the lack of defense by the, by the Red Raiders. Um, those I think would be their top two games to look out for. But if Baylor gets it rolling and they're, you know, they somehow barely, you know, lose to, to Oklahoma, I, I think that's a lock at this point. And they're, but they beat Kansas State. They pull off something like that. I mean, who and knows where, where they could go. Yeah, they end the year at TCU. That could, that, that, depending on how they do, that could be a decision maker for, a bowl game almost. I mean, I mean, I'm 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 yeah. all over the map with them. With like you said, because of some of the issues they've had, what kind of talent are they going to put in the field? Um, I would agree with you that they're probably the the in the bottom third of the conference this year. Um, you know, we've talked Texas Tech and Kansas, Iowa State. I, I think they're they're pretty much home tier three of the conference. Uh, who, sure, who you, sure. Who would you put next then? Who would number I put at number six? So who do did you have Baylor at number seven as well? I did, but by a okay. hair, because I think number six is going to be West Virginia. Now you may disagree, 
And I think you will. I so, do disagree. Okay, who is your sixth team? My number six is Texas. Texas. I do not believe in I think I'm a big believer in the the it takes a couple of years to install. We saw it with Harbaugh. We saw it with we saw it with a lot of we've seen it with a lot of guys. And you know, I I, I just I don't feel a big season for them this year, or at least this year. Um Texas for It'll be interesting. I mean, they still have, you know, uh, Shane Bu- Shane Buchel. They still got a lot of those guys from last year, but under a new system, a seven or five and seven season last year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, my big worry for them, SC week three in LA, and I think that's a. I mean, that can derail an entire season if they really get roughed up. Right. I mean, Butchell's only a sophomore, and if he gets eaten up by that USC squad, that could be rough. Yeah. Not only that, in October they're they're playing Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State in a row. Yeah. And you've got at least two of them are home games, and one's neutral site. So. Oh yeah, I'm not the worst. There, but I I think but the, the problem is you go week three, and you go Texas at USC, and then you go right into that stretch. Oof. Oof. So the yeah. thing is if they get on a negative roll, um, you know that could be a problem. They've got a lot of great talent. I agree with you. I'm I'm actually decently okay with where you ranked them. I, I yeah. definitely think they're going to be below. Um, I, I have the rest of the crop. That. Yeah, I, I yeah. think them and TCU are going to battle for the next spot. So um. So you you have them. We have that. We have Texas and West Virginia flip flops. Is what you're saying? Uh, yes. Yeah, I have West Virginia five. Um, but his only year. I mean, he kind of gets a mulligan punt year. It's his first year after this. The the pressure is going to be intense. Who Herman? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's Texas. oh yeah. You know, will they ever recover? I, I think the one thing people forget is that when we were young, Alabama was not the super team it is now. So yeah, programs and even Michigan until recently was having some tough years. So great programs have downturns. I think Texas's has been pretty pronounced, especially due that they they, they started the Longhorn Network and, and they've been going downhill. So, um, yeah. So I think now would your would your next team after Texas be West Virginia? So I'm going to put them there. I don't like putting them there. I think they have a higher ceiling than number okay. five. Uh, but yeah, I think just given where the other three teams or other four teams are in the conference, I think that's the comfortable spot for them. I think they do have a higher ceiling, though. The Mountaineers have an interesting schedule that's laid out in front of them, um, including a, a week one great matchup with Virginia Tech, and that's going to yeah. be, I believe it's down at, yeah, it's in, it's at FedEx Field. Uh, I believe it's technically a home, or I guess it's neutral site. Um, but they have a nice little run at it. They'll have, if they can pull that win out, which is po- certainly possible, um, they have a nice little run at going four and zero to start the to through the first month of the season. Okay, do a nice little road matchup with TCU, and, and I think that'll be the big barometer game for them. The big thing for for West Virginia that I think a lot of people hold back on them is that they're only returning five starters on offense and three on defense, which kind of as a quick backup to Texas. That's the one place where I think they could thrive under the first year of Herman. They're returning 10 starters on defense. In West Virginia's three, mm-hmm. that's certainly, you know, it's a big advantage. But I think 
having Dan- Dana Holgerson in his seventh year at the school versus the first for for uh, for Tom Herman is the, uh, the balls in in Holgerson's court. I think. No, right. I mean, I, they they. Um... It, like last year, this West, West Virginia surprised some people, which probably helped uh, Holgerson's job. Last couple of years. They've yeah. had a great last couple of seasons. Yeah, I, I like their running back, Justin uh, Crawford. I will say this. Will Greer comes in. He never threw in his six games la- in f- 2015, two years ago for the Gators. He never threw for less. Um, who, no, never threw for more than 283 yards. Yep. But yep. he's coming into a wide-open offense known for creating quarterbacks. I think it's really all on him. If he has a great season, I'm with you. I think you could see West Virginia kind of sneak up a little bit uh, and battle for, I would say, third or fourth in the conference. Um, I, I like them, though. I, I, I think they're better. I mean, once again, they, they lost two starters to the Eagles in the draft, which is pretty impressive. So we'll see what happens. Sidney I mean, Jones. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty excited um, uh, for what they can do. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes. Um, I mean, they're returning two of their receivers, and that should be advantageous for them, especially with a guy like Greer. And he can – I mean, you saw him make things happen with that Florida team two seasons ago. And and last year he did pretty well too. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, they they returned their leading rusher, Justin Crawford, who rushed for over 1,200 yards. That'll be big. Might give it is that they return – only two starters on their offensive line. They have a sophomore playing center. So who knows? But I mean, an experienced quarterback could win in terms of uh, right of how they go. But like I said, I think they have the potential of a much higher ceiling than fifth. But fifth, I think, is the right spot for them. No, I, I, I understand that. So you got them fifth. Who, who, who do you think rounds out what I would consider the – Maybe maybe I'm wrong. The the four contenders for the championship. Okay, so number four, I'm gonna go with Kansas State. Okay, I think I think they could be number three. They could be number two. They're not number one, but I think number four is the right spot for them. We'll get to why I have numbers three and two where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Bill Snyder. Coaching forever. There's nothing wrong there. Returning a lot of starters on offense. The defense, little suspect, I think, um, could be great. The returning some of their bigger secondary guys, um, almost their entire secondary to be to their five because they play a nickel. Um, but that linebacking core is not really that experienced, uh, but it is an old defense. They have a lot of seniors starting, a lot of juniors. Uh, same thing on offense, actually, but I think that it will be how it goes. They return their their big guy at quarterback, Jesse Ertz, not related to Zach Ertz. Yeah. Year. Um, but he's their leading rusher as well, their leading passer, um, which he, he could be a difference maker. He could push them to three. I don't think to two, especially given their schedule, because um, they have to go two – they host Oklahoma, which is actually great for them. But then they have to go to Oklahoma State, to Texas, which, as we talked about, could be an interesting game. Um, they got to go to Texas Tech, to Kansas. Uh, they host TCU, which will be interesting. Um, I think that's going to so, be a big game. That's going to be a great game. So I, I'd actually make that as sort of their 
check it off as their most important game. Yeah. Because uh, Oklahoma, I feel we'll get to them, but that's tough to to really hold on to. The only thing going for them is it's homecoming. Uh, but the big thing they have for them is is a good away schedule. They have to they go to Vanderbilt, which you know, unfortunately for uh, our friends Kenzie Lucas and Ben Schmieren, uh not not the best. DC. Um, then at Texas, at Kansas, at Texas Tech, and then Oklahoma State, which uh, is a toss up late in the season. It could be a great game, but I mean those first those first four games could be. You never know with an away game. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in Kansas State. Bill, by the way, Bill Snyder's gonna be 78 this year. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, That's yeah. incredible to think about. Um, they're always like underrated. I think Bill Snyder almost deserves better. He he reminds me of say a um, a Philip Rivers in the NFL to give you kind of like a, a match there. Oh, okay. Always does really really well. I mean, with Rivers, the Chargers have struggled recently, but never won a Super Bowl. Never won the big game. Um, think of a Dan Marino. A guy that consistently produces every year. Now, maybe Marino's a little too far because even though he never won the big game, he might be top five all time. But think of a quarterback or a coach. Think of Andy Reid. That's a great – every year Andy Reid did really, really well, but he never won the Super Bowl. Uh, Bill Snyder comes. He brings a great team. They have a dynamic offense this year. Um, I, I'm with you. Their defense is hurting a little bit compared to last year, although it's it's um, it's the Big 12, so who plays defense? But I'm no. with you. I, I um, No defense you. Yeah, it's a shame because I think they're close, but they've just never been able to grasp the whole thing. Um, I'm, I switched them in TCU this year, and we'll talk about why. But um, Okay. They're my third team in the conference. And if it wasn't – I mean, it, it, it's just a tough year. I think if this was next year, if you took this team and put them next year's schedule, they, they're going to fight to win the conference. I really like Kansas State. I think they're the, one of the most underrated programs in the nation, period. And I want to see them have a moment of glory. Uh, they, had a, they had a chance a couple years ago. It never worked out. Yeah, no, no, no. That, and that's a, great, that's a great pick there. Um, and at least saying that they're one of the most underrated because they certainly are. And, I mean, just looking at it, a couple of years ago, they were number they they were number seven in, in the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon. Yeah, a Chip Kelly led Oregon. They lost, and and that was probably their best shot. But then in fourteen, they were ranked number eleven, and they lost to UCLA. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. Last year was their first bowl win. Should they beat Michigan in two thousand thirteen? Ooh, uh, but having a ton of great seasons. They've had a great a bunch of great seasons, but they haven't had a ton of signature seasons and I, I think you hit the nail on the head there Snyder's had such a so long 26 years in as a state coach uh, ninth in his current stint but I mean he's done doing some great things with that program really uh really keeps them in it and but I I, I just think and we'll get to why I th- think the other three teams will finish ahead but I think the one thing that gives them and I a great shot at finishing it the most third uh, where you have them is that away schedule. No, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I think it's rough. I yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah, uh, but yeah, at number three, I had TCU. So I mean, I think we've just we've flip flopped a lot of schools here. Uh, TCU, I think, I think they they have a great shot at I, they could finish second really. 
Uh, they returned 10 starters on offense. Gary Patterson in his 17th season as the head coach of the Horn Frogs. Well, I, I um, love him. I love him. Yeah, he's a great, great coach. Um, yeah, I mean, he returns Kenny Hill once again at uh, quarterback, threw for 3,200 yards last year. They return Kyle Hicks at running back. They have Taj Williams at, at wide receiver. They got, I mean, they got, I mean, we could run through all these different guys. Their defense returns seven starters, so that's, I mean, that that's pretty great as well. And, I mean, like I said, I think they could run, they could make a run at second. The only issue is they were six and seven last year. Yeah. Um, they have a decent schedule ahead of them. Um, they play Jackson State to start the season at Arkansas. It could be actually a pretty good game. Uh, home against SMU, which should be a win, but also could be a good game. Uh, but here's where it gets tricky. Their away schedule is a little tough. They're at Oklahoma State. We just talked about their home game against or their away game against Kansas State at Iowa State, which should be a win. Then they run into two games that'll be tough. And then their last home game is at Texas Tech. And it doesn't sound bad considering what we were talking about before, but that's sort of that gut check game. Home game turns out to be as great as it could be. Both are maybe looking at the top 10. Oklahoma probably will still be in the top 10. I mean, that could be a game that if they lose on like a heartbreaker, it's a close loss. Texas Tech trap game for yeah. them away, away, awful loss. It won't necessarily be a bowl season or bust game because they should at that point be eight and – what would that be? Eight and two, um, but maybe nine and one. Who knows? Um, but it's definitely one that you, that you still got to watch out for, and it's a trap game. It's no if ands, or buts. Of course, this is trying to look into the crystal ball a little too far, but it'll be interesting to see how, how it all lays out for them. I do really like that offense, though. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Hill, he's – to me, if he limits the turnovers, they've got a chance. To me, they have a higher ceiling than Kansas State. Who yeah. I think is guaranteed. I think they're a three-four definitely. TCU. I love Gary Patterson. I hope that defense turns around. And I think Kenny Hill is the kind of guy that can put them possibly over one of the next two teams we're going to talk about. Now yeah. we're going to move on to number two, and yeah. I'm going to I'm going to have you go ahead and give me who you think is going to be the number two team in the conference this year. The fact that you're saying that to me <laughs> makes me know that you're going to throw out the the controversial pick. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to have Oklahoma State at number two and Oklahoma number one. Okay. It sounds like you're flip-flopping me. I am flip-flopping. Now, I will get to <laughs> you. I'm going to tell right, you. Oklahoma State, we'll start with them. But Okay. Let's... Well, let me, tell you well, why uh... I, let me tell you why I think Oklahoma State's got it. Okay? All right. All right. First of all. Me. There's a lucky number this year. That's 50. Mike Gundy is turning 50 this year. Okay? Oh. Uh, that's pretty surprising, by the way, because he kind of seems like a young guy. Okay? Now. Been around forever. I love Mike, love Mike Gundy. Also love Mason Rudolph. More so, love uh, James Washington. And they've got a little running game in Justice Hill. Okay? So they host Oklahoma this year, which I think is very important, okay? Mm -hmm. that's, that's huge for me. But this is actually why I'm picking them over Oklahoma. 
I think one of the craziest underreported stories of the year is the fact that Bob Stoops stepped down. Now, I don't know True. anything about Lincoln Riley. I know a little bit about him. I've read about him. I, but I don't know what he's doing. I know they've got a great quarterback led by Baker Mayfield, who I love. Sorry, great offense led by Baker Mayfield, great offensive line. I don't like the rest of Oklahoma. And I think this is the year where a guy like uh, like Gundy has the opportunity to one-up a young Lincoln Riley in that big game, push them over the top. Plus, Lincoln Riley has to go ahead in week three and oh, – we sorry, week two and play number – I'm uh, sorry, week, uh, week two and play um, Ohio State, number two. That's, that's huge. Uh, sure. I don't, I don't care where the game is. I, and it's actually in Ohio State. I think that's an early loss for Oklahoma. I think that shakes the team a little bit. And I think they're going to have the same kind of season as last year. Well, I think the Oklahoma State Cowboys are going to roll to a conference victory and the fourth spot in the playoff this year. Wow. Wow. I th- wow. It, it's finally the year where they get, because they've been close, kind of like Kansas said, it's finally the year they get over the hump. Yeah, I. that's not a bad take. I think you're wrong. I think it is, it's a, so I'll play to your take that first year coach, because it kind of contradicts what I've been saying all along. I'm not a big first year coach guy. Uh, Baker Mayfield's great. I think I thought highly of Oklahoma last year. I picked them to make the playoff once again. Uh, two years ago, I think I picked them to win it all, and that turned out to be terrible. Um, and once the playoff started, um, the the one thing that I think, and you kind of hit hit on this, is that they have a sophomore starting at running back. Um, that that could be a type deal where. You're behind all five returning offensive linemen, and he just runs his way to uh, to open it up for Mayfield with three of his four receivers. That's including a tight end, but not including returning. D.D. Westbrook. Including D.D. Westbrook. Not including D.D. Westbrook. I'm just saying. All right, you know, I mean, but we'll see. We'll see how that team does. I like their defense a lot, and I like it more than Oklahoma State's. I think you're right. I think they lose to Ohio State early. I think the Big 12 kind of gets this interesting little wrap in terms of how it all, how it'll all go. And this will be the interesting thing about how the Big 12 championship game affects the college football playoff. I mean, the interesting thing is that you don't have this – this Oklahoma Oklahoma State game as their final game of the season. Um, you know, coming back to my thoughts on the on the the Cowboys, they play Oklahoma the first week in November. They usually play them the last week in November. Curious for scheduling their schedule in terms of a conference as a, as a whole to make it that the teams they think are going to be good playing each other in the last couple of weeks. At least that's how it seemed over the last few seasons. TCU Baylor a few years ago, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State two years ago, uh, and then once again last year. But that being said, they're playing each other that week. They're likely to play each other again in the championship game. You and I both have that. Um, The thing with me with Oklahoma State, a, a decent schedule. They host TCU. They host Oklahoma which certainly bodes well for them. 
I think at Texas is an interesting one. I think at West Virginia is a very interesting game. I think that's one that you really got to watch out for. At Iowa State's their final road game before you get you get into season stuff, um, which I think should be a win. But at West Virginia and maybe even at Texas Tech, but I think their offense is way too good for Texas Tech. Um, just I'm thinking high flying offenses coming together. I think those those are two games that that could be interesting, and I think that's the that's the thing about the Big Twelve that that makes them such an a conference to watch and why they, despite having missed the two of the first three college football playoffs in the loop, I mean, they have elite talent. That's why they're a power five conference, but why one that you don't just write off right away, except for one school, like you do with some divisions within conferences. Like we have for so long with the big 10 West and last year with the sec East, once uh, Tennessee got exposed for who they were, um, you know, I mean, I, I think that's that's something that makes this conference so great, and especially with lack of divisions, that you have these teams that can basically be thrown into a blender, pop out ten different, or I guess technically, whatever is ways, even though it wouldn't happen that way because we agree that Kansas is not good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think that that back-to-back stretch, if they have a close one with West Virginia, they return home, you could see that as either kind of a, a emotional comeback and win against the rookie coach in their arch rival. Um, you could also see it as a loss, and then they come back and win in the chip game. I think it's – I mean, they play Kansas State in the second to last week. They host them, You're, you know, and – Kansas State, as we were just saying, they they could have a little run to two third, maybe second. Depends on how Oklahoma State really navigates because they have their bye week at the beginning of October. Yeah, think about a ton with college football. You don't really think about it with the NFL a ton. The only reason why you do is because of fantasy. Um, but the bye week's important, especially in college. These guys, especially. If you do have to make that trip to West Virginia, it's something that you hear more when you when you talk about college basketball. But with football, it's still just as important. Um, it's a longer trip to West it's Virginia. A long trip, yeah. Especially from hate that. What'd you say? I, I hate I hate the conferences should be together. Big they 12, should. They absolutely should. Right, Big Twelve um, is in Texas in the Texas region. The ACC is on the East Coast. SEC is Florida and South. Pac-12 is up the border. Big Ten over here. The Big East, unfortunately, is gone, but the Big East should be in the Northeast. I hate it. Oh, it bugs me. It bugs me. It is annoying that have how everything's laid out. Um, I mean, a lot. I mean, that's a that's a pod, and I think <laughs> a couple thirty for thirties in and of itself of why this has happened the way it has. Um, but yeah, I mean that trip to go from Austin, Texas on no- October 21st to Morgantown, West Virginia a week later with a stop in Stillwater for, you know, oh so many days to go back to class and practice a little bit. Um, I mean, that's a lot of bing, bang, boom you know, that, that could affect some of these guys. You know, you have team, so you have some experience there, but 
who knows? I mean, my big thing coming back to Oklahoma and, and why I think they have a great shot. Baker Mayfield's great. You have all five starting offensive linemen in front of him. So that entire relationship is there. Yeah. And even with even with a sophomore running back, I mean, the guy, Rodney Anderson, 6'2", 223, he uh, – was a medical red shirt a couple years ago, and he missed last year with a neck injury. Oh, that's pretty serious. Yeah, so he's a red shirt sophomore. That's something that that's yeah you might want to watch out for. Uh, the guy behind him, Abdul Adams, was their fourth or their third, excuse me, rusher behind Joe Mixon, and then uh, Sam G. Perrine. How do you pronounce it? Yes, yeah. I don't know how to okay. practice first. Two fantastic running backs that they're losing. I, and I, I'm yeah. with you. I'm a big running backs, a dime a dozen guy. I'm, um, you know, I mean, Leonard Fournette is being replaced by a guy this year in the SEC who might be just as good, which we'll talk, yeah. which will be talked about later. So I don't want to get into that. But, you know, I think, I don't think that's as a massive letdown there. I think, though, that when out of your top eight tacklers, some of whom are in your secondary, six of them are returning. I think that's a big, big advantage that you can get because tacklers are something, especially in a conference that's not known for its defense, especially if they're secondary guys that can tackle. I think that's something that's a big asset, and I think that carries Oklahoma well. I think that transition this into playoff talk, you have – Oklahoma State as a playoff team. It kind of this it kind of hopscotches a few of our other previews, but the Big 12 has been in this been left out twice. Not to not to ruin other previews, so I won't ask you who do you have out, but sort of what are the other paths for the Oklahomas, the TCUs, potentially Kansas States of the world? to make this playoff do they have to go 12 and 1 i mean is that the worst record they could possibly have i mean do they have to go 13 and 0 no i don't think they need to be undefeated um if i dot myself around the league i think there's enough games early that if they if a team loses one game i think that's it you lose one this year and it's against a decent opponent, like if Te- Oklahoma State loses to an Oklahoma, and Oklahoma doesn't have one loss, and you win your conference in the Big 12, one loss, win your conference, lose against a good team, you're in. I think it's got to be one because I think if you look around the rest of the league, there's enough talent elsewhere that there's going to be some issues. Sure. Yeah, and that's that's sort of the thing. We kind of touched on the conspiracy theories of Oklahoma State needs to beat an Oklahoma team that's probably 10-2 and two, and then beat them in the – Again, which probably makes it makes it as a uh, an interesting play in the in the Big Twelve Championship. I mean, to think about it that way of the fact that you're playing a round robin, each of them, each of your other nine opponents once, and then one one more time. Their two losses almost need to be only to you, because if say Oklahoma loses to say in your theory of Oklahoma State. They lose to Ohio State, State by oh so few points to really make it not a quote unquote bad loss. 
and to you know keep their win as Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma twice as good wins. Uh, I mean, that's what the college football playoff gets interesting, and it gets not necessarily convoluted, but it, it kind of becomes this whirlwind of conspiracy and, and fi- yeah. <laughs> figuring out how you're going to right. sort of move, maneuver your way that you're not doing a full scorched earth policy. You're not going to see that un- unless you really just dominate everybody like in Alabama or even in Ohio state. Uh, hopefully the latter doesn't happen, but let's not get biased here. <laughs> um, if with something like the big 12s, the pac 12s, which, We'll get to it uh, probably later this week. Um, you know those those conferences that are almost on watch. You need to walk on eggshells basically, and not uh, not break the ice. Let the uh, the zombies behind you break the ice. Oh, nice reference, and that's why every yeah. week matters in college football. Yeah, it, I'm fired up for this season. We've only I am too. We've only talked one conference. I know you're coming back with another preview. Me and the two of us will be back for a couple more. Um, and then I think as we get closer to next Thursday's kickoff, we'll have a discussion about who we think are our favorites. And I'm pretty fired up uh, for this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, clearly he's going to win it all. But other than that, you know, not that I'm biased, but other than that, you know, I think we're good to know. Let's chug some uh, some gallons of milk. Before let's as we wrap things up, let's just give our quick. We can just fire them out. We don't have to count them down. But games, we kind of went through them, so we touched on them basically. We don't need to go into deep analysis. But a couple games that you think are going to be the big keys to the season. They can be between the marquee teams that we just went through. They can be those September games that may not seem like they're going to matter, but ultimately do. I mean, I want to throw one out right away. Week one. And it's not going to be the one you're thinking I'm going to. Week one, Maryland, Texas. Yeah, I like that right. game a lot. And Maryland struggled a lot, and I agree. But we've never seen Tom Herman at Texas. We don't know what they're going to come out. What's their mindset going to be? Now, I think Texas is going to win, but do they blow Maryland out? Is it close? I think that's a caveat for the rest of the season. Well, and that's the thing. is, And we'll get to Maryland whenever we get to the Big Ten. But Maryland's had a good start to their last couple seasons. So, I mean, we really are going to get an idea of, what what we're getting out of Texas this year. Last right. year we had that nutty game with with Notre Dame where we had the Texas is back folks. Uh, I don't think we're going to get something like that. And I, I think this is something that interesting. It's on Saturday. It's not a you know the Sunday Monday because they can do that in week one of the college football season with no NFL. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a great pick. Yeah. Um, we, we, and we talked about I West think. Virginia, Texas Tech week one as well. I mean, I'm sorry, West Virginia, yeah. Virginia Tech, excuse me, week one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think then week two, you look at Oklahoma, Ohio State. Um, I mean, a few other games I think might matter that week. TCU, Arkansas. I think that's a good game. Good Arkansas game. could be sneakily good. Yeah. And they're the kind and, of I mean, could make a couple mistakes with and drop TCU out of the running for a playoff spot this year. Well, I mean, that's what happened last year. Arkansas yeah. pulled off the upset yep. and kind of derailed that whole season. Um, and that was at home. This time they have to go to Arkansas. It's not a Jerry World game. I'm surprised that it's not. Um, but we'll get to, I think, I forget who Arkansas plays at Jerry World. I think they might have two. Um, but it's, I mean, that's one that you definitely got to look out for. 
I think within conference, a couple of them are, are big standouts, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and kind of anything within that round robin of the top four, I think are definitely ones. Yeah, that's week 10. Week seven is Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, the Red River rivalry is always fun All to right, watch. It's a, see what that's another Jerry World game. Week three is Texas at USC, which I actually yeah. think is almost bigger for USC because USC, and we're going to get to the Pac-12, but they're ranked very high, and you know, can they dominate a Texas team? But then again, Texas could be great. They've got a lot of returning starters, so we'll kind of see. I think that I think the week one is a is Texas a legitimate top twenty five team. I think week three is Texas a legitimate contender early on in time. Uh, so I think that's a big game. Um, I mean, I mentioned Baylor at TCU to end the season, which I think is important. Um, and then anytime Kansas State or TCU is playing one of the top two, one of the two Oklahomas, that's got to be a big game, right? Yeah. I, well, because I think. If they if either gets kind of dethroned right away, like say TCU loses to Arkansas, and Arkansas doesn't end up being really anything in the SEC West, uh, I think TCU then unfortunately kind of gets their their shot at the throne thrown away. They could be, you know, to keep it in in you know medieval things in medieval terms, a, a jester within the court, yeah, as like a you know a New Year's a New Year's Day bowl type team or a brand, um, you know kicked out early, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that full Game of Thrones there. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, they play Oklahoma November 11th. I have that as I think that's that could be one of the biggest games of the season, you know, especially if we're having Oklahoma and Oklahoma State there. I mean, that's a big show me game. I mean, that's their that's Oklahoma's real, I mean, last real last threat. Yeah. Unless West Virginia really exceeds into that ceiling that we were talking about before. That's Oklahoma's last game. I mean, yeah. that's their last. That's their last jump. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm so excited that football's back. I can't yeah. wait for it to start, and it's going to be a fun season. I can already tell. Last year was nuts how it all ended yep, with yep. Penn State coming out of nowhere to win the Big Ten, and then how the Rose Bowl went. I mean, we're talking about two different other conferences, but I mean, the Big Twelve had their crazy end. I mean, it's last year was any barometer and kind of the chaos continues we're in for a fun season especially those that don't have a horse in the race i can't wait man i'm excited i'm fired up i'm excited for the next pod looking forward to hearing your acc preview later this week am i right i think so greg and i were talking about it a little bit he is isn't the biggest college football analyst as he uh he said to me he loves watching it but who knows hopefully we inspired him i think we might try to do and I don't know what night we're going to do it, but we might try to do a baseball, college football, back-to-back, maybe Megapod. Okay. Um, but we'll we'll see. I think you and I are going to try to come back on Wednesday night with the Pac-12. Yes, and sir. then watch out for when the baseball show comes this week, uh, depending on what Greg's availability is. Could be Tuesday, tomorrow, could be Thursday. But then uh, we won't have a post-game show for Slip and Flip, but then Slip and Flip. Prepare Um, yourselves. I'm fired up either way, though. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week. Fun week ahead of us. Fun week and a half before the college football season starts. But that's going to do it for our Monday night. Thank you so much for listening. As always, go find us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, ThunderBlog Sports. Uh, Let us know what you thought of this. This was our first foray in really into football. We did some NFL draft stuff back in April, but, uh, 
I think that's going to do it for us, Matt. Uh, thanks for thanks for jumping into this, into this wild frontier with me, if you will. Keeping in that rootin' tootin' Big 12 theme. No problem, baby. Bang, bang, bang. Little Red Raiders, little Cowboys bang, for you. Coming in. Bang, bang. I'm fired so up. Do, that's going to do it for us tonight. For the Fun V Tailgate, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, and Matty D, I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, saying good night, everybody.